Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. back to the hollow sky podcast we are your host i'm steven and kyle and i'm bringing you a interesting spooky haunted house story since we're getting into that season it's gonna be a multi-parter but i got the first one done and ready to rip so we're gonna be getting into that in a little bit but before we got to get through all the business first piece of business we got to talk about is the 40 and airwaves ultimate podcast conference Join us there October 6th, 7th, and 8th at the end in in Ohio Northern University in Ada, Ohio. It will be live podcasts, podcast panels, meet and greets, and a Sunday pancake breakfast. Uh, the full weekend event is 50 bucks. There'll be a cash bar. There'll be special room rates available at the end there. Come and hang out with us. It's going to be a good time. It'll be us, uh, Cryptids of the Corn podcast. Uh, the Uncomfortable Podcast, the Appalachian Intelligence Boys will be there, the Bump Podcast, and Kill the Mockingbird Podcast. Uh, should be an awesome time. If you're interested, make sure to grab your tickets. Uh, again, it's $50 for the whole weekend, and there's special room rates available. If you go to the 40 and Airwaves link tree, it'll have all the information that you need there. Check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and you will find us there. Come and join the Hollow Cult. Often imitated, never duplicated. That's right, baby. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to share on a future show, Kyle's got you some deets. You can call or text the holophone, which is going to be 1618-556-0837. You can also write your story out, shoot it over to the email, which is going to be holoskypodcast at gmail.com. You can record yourself and send it to that email. You can send over an email with a description of what you want to talk about and request an interview, and we will try to line that out at some point. If you want to send us weird shit, then please do send it to the P. 
P.O. Box 145, Field, Illinois, 62031. Haunted stuff. Cursed stuff. Anything that's creepy and yeah. weird. We're down for it. We want it. Let's fucking go. Yes. Yes. We need it. So send it. If you know of anybody that's found any weird shit, reach out to us. We want to start investigating these these weird claims. So send it. That's right. Just send it. If you would like to help support the show, there's plenty of ways to do it. We have a website up, hollowskypodcast.com, which there's a store over there with a whole bunch of different merch. You can go peep that to find something you like and rep the show that way. There is a Patreon, which there's all kinds of extra content over there, and there's a bunch of different tiers to different things. You can go and check that out. We have a Venmo. You can throw some monster money in there for us. We'd be much appreciative. Best thing you can do is share the show, word of mouth, social media, spread the word of the hollow cult. The more members of the hollow cult we have, the more of an opportunity we have to create more content. So we are trying to push, push, push to get on to more ears here at the Hollow Sky home base. Another thing you can do is go to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. I will find it and I will gladly shout you out. Today's five-star rating and review comes to us from Ava's G-Maw in Michigan. Ava's G-Maw says, love these guys, five stars. I don't fall into the typical demographic for this type of show, being a 60-plus-year-old grandma, but I find these guys very entertaining. They're interesting, intelligent, and funny. Steve and Kyle appear to be genuine good guys. They constantly come up with fresh content for their shows, which I enjoy. I appreciate that they have a lot of variety in their show content. They aren't, stuck, they aren't stuck on one type of paranormal theme. Theme. They cover a wide spectrum. These guys are, quote, dope. Wink emoji. Well, well Let's go, Grandma. Let's go. Ava, I don't know you if you listen to the show. You probably shouldn't, because I say the F word a lot. But you got a dope grandma. So, appreciate her. I'm with it. And Ava's G-Ma... Thanks for taking the time to leave us the kind words. Yeah. Uh, I dig it. I it's dig awesome. It. We try to be the best people we can be. Yeah. And that's all we can do. We're not shit birds. No, we try not to be. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, yeah. We definitely have our moments. Yeah. However. We, we try to do better. We try to do better. That's all we can strive for. We're not selfish pricks. No. Like some people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Definitely not shooting shots. <laughs> Across the bow. Anyway, wrapping ourselves back in here, yeah, we're going to move on before to it gets ultra petty. Our <laughs> listener experience of the day. Um, I'm not sure if they want me to mention a name on here, so I will not. All right. But I will go forth with what they have. Uh, it says, I recently heard your episode about a story from 29 Palms. My dad was in the Marines and he was a staff sergeant. Years ago in the 2000s, when I was just born, the story happened. My dad was moving between Palm Springs and Camp Pendleton by San Diego. The story goes, he had sent some privates and semi-new soldiers fresh from boot camp to go to 29 Palms at the base there for trainings with weapons and explosives because it's a desert with no one really around, uh, no big cities that can be affected. So what happened was these guys were there and my dad was still in San Diego. 
Then he had to go to 29 Palms to deliver some munitions and bring back more guys and bring some others home. He was in a convoy, I would assume, and not by himself in his personal car. When he got there, around uh, midnight, the new guys were freaking out and asking if any of the older guys were playing pranks on them or who was messing with them. He didn't know what they were talking about, and they said they saw some sort of wolf man. He had the head of a wolf with a humanish body, according to the new guys. They said they saw it walking around the range area and in the hills. They thought that they were being messed with. The new guys were really scared, and they told him that uh, they wanted to leave already, and they'd only been there a few days. The new batch of trainees also reported the same thing. My dad never saw it, but the others did. He has more stories. If you guys are interested, I can write them. Um, and that, I forgot to tell, the title is Harry Desert Devils at 29 Palms. That is interesting that it kind of almost goes hand in hand. I know, I did you, I think you did the Harry Desert Devils. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like a Sasquatchy yep. sort of thing. Yep. It is interesting that now this is almost like sort of Dogman territory, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you could throw... Skinwalker out there, but we'd probably be lectured about how we're wrong. <laughs> Whatever, nerds. But it's definitely, definitely a strange encounter. It would fucking, it would freak out just about anybody who would see that. Yeah, you know, and I mean, those entities have a large set on them, in my opinion, because they're they're fucking with the military. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, it wouldn't have taken too much for these guys just to throw some down. Yeah. Yeah. It could have ended bad for, uh, if it was a prank for that person. Yeah. Or entity getting a whole lot of weird shit shot at it and having a really bad evening. It almost leads more credence to the fact that it's not a, uh, person pranking because of the, this, potential consequences that could happen. Yeah, you, yeah, you would definitely hope that that would run through their mind if it was a prank like hey, maybe I should probably not do this because of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. But well, uh I don't know. It definitely it would put me on edge to say the least. Yeah. It'd be it'd be weird to see, especially if you're a new guy and um it's you're kind of wound tight anyway. Uh yeah, that'd be strange. But yeah, we'd definitely like to hear more of your the weird stories there. Oh, hell yeah. It's, That's uh, what we're here for. The military ones really kind of piqued my interest. Oh, they, so, they definitely hit different. Shoot them, shoot them, shoot them over. All right. Again, thank you, friend, for sending that uh, encounter in that happened to your father. We definitely want to hear some more. From there, we are going to go into this essentially a ghost story. Essentially. Yeah. Um, kind of goes in some different directions, but um, it when I started it, it sort of reminded me of the Andrews family haunting. Mm-hmm. And as I'm getting into it, it it's kind of taking a different route from where that went. But it's it's there's some weird similar similarities. Mostly in the vein that it is uh, a British, another British home that is has some significantly weird stuff going on with it. So it's going to be a multi-parter. Um, 
I'm just going to get into the first one today. I got a whole bunch of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Sources. That's it. A whole bunch of sources I'm using. Uh, Brain BB- fart city. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at them. Um, I use BBC.com, uh, HiggyPop.com. There was a couple other uh, BBC articles. Um, I also rented the book Testimony from Chad or Mark Chadbourne, which I'm getting a lot of information from that. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. So with that covered, we'll hop right into it. And this is. The story of the Hellfire Farm. Well, it's got a cool name. It does. I'm already drawn in. In 1989, a young married couple moved into an old homestead on the outskirts of Brecon Beacons, which is in Wales, which I believe is considered Great Britain. No idea. Uh, Helen in the Discord kind of gave us a breakdown. She's our resident Brit and gave us a whole little map as to which is which, but I can't remember. So hopefully that's right. Anyway, they were excited to start a new life, but they had no idea that they'd just taken up in the residence that would become Britain's most exercised home. Oh yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good start. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing like kicking that off. And how, how the fuck does that play out? Like, it's the most exercised home. Yeah. Like, and you're talking about the home itself or individuals within the home or both? I think it's the home itself. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay, that sucks. Yeah. And it's weird that they all, like, these stories all start out the same. Like, you'll you'll just have to get into it. Okay, it started in 1989 when a young couple named Liz and Bill Rich moved into what they thought was their dream home, a rural little paradise to raise their small family in. The farm was called Hill Fanag, which translates into Roads to the Peak in Welsh, from what I can gather, what I looked up. Uh, Bill was an artist from England, and his Welsh wife Liz, who was pregnant with their first child, moved into the old stone property converted from an either even older homestead in the 1950s with bills uh the older homestead was there and it was hundreds of years old they tore it down and used some of the material from that property to build this property in the 50s gotcha Uh, they moved in with bill's teenage son from his first marriage lawrence the young family was excited to start their new life together in their new home and for the first summer Everything went pretty well as expected, fell into place, everybody was getting along, they had a little farm. Uh, They spent this first summer organizing and renovating the farmhouse and gardens that lied behind it. Uh, There was a bank of trees and a little forest. They were pretty much completely cut off from the rest of the world. Um, Hilfenog kind of sat at the base of this mountain, so it it was... pretty secluded um they didn't have any neighbors and there weren't really any other houses within sight <clears throat> so is that where the name came from the fact that it was by a mountain by a mountain yes okay yes it was kind of just at the base of it because it kind of struck me as weird you know obviously i have a little bit of context already but the fact that it was referenced roads to the peak which kind of make you feel like roads to the top which could 
result into, hey, let me sell my soul so I can achieve greatness. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, so I've, I've totally was, I've been sitting here chewing on it, and I'm like, I can't <laughs> let myself forget this, can't let myself forget this, and then you hit the, that it was actually by a mountain. So, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And they're like, they made it, they stated that they were they were a ways away from their nearest neighbors. They had neighbors, but they were they were pretty far off. So it's like old school country living, yeah. basically. Exactly. And as we know, we wouldn't be here talking about this if their picturesque life continued. Um, the home was perfect. They had a rent price that they could afford. The scenic area inspired Bill's artistic side with its solitude and its mountainous backdrop. It even had an extensive space for Bill to build a studio for his art, which was a big selling point on it. The young family took to the farm life quickly, gathering a nice little selection of livestock that they began to raise. A pig, a few sheep, a couple goats, and uh, Bill's art business was seeming to take off with all this newfound um, inspiration he had from his new home. He was selling paintings as fast as he could paint them. At this point, Bill's paintings had a very positive, upbeat, happy themes of beautiful landscapes and animals. Everything seemed to be playing, falling into place nicely. So keep that in mind that his paintings now have a very positive and happy theme. They might not later. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Toward the end of the first summer at Hilfenog, Bill recounted an odd experience right before things started to get out of hand. Bill was going through a drawer where they kept their invoices and receipts. Him being, uh, running his own business, they had to keep all that stuff, you know. Uh, as he was going through it, two receipts fell out into the ground. When he picked them up, he glanced at the first one. Realizing that it was the bar bill from the last time that him and Liz had went out to dinner before they moved into the new farm. The total for the bar bill was 6.66 pounds. Hmm. Okay. I mean, hmm. it's always weird when you do get that receipt <laughs> that does that, but can't can't jump to conclusions. No, it definitely makes you double take though. Oh, You're like, for oh sure. yeah, shit. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe I better buy a pack of gum to change this right. up. Uh so he put that back in the drawer. Out of curiosity, he picked up the second receipt and looked at it. It was from a trip to the supermarket where they grabbed their first supplies to their new home. It was a total of 66.6 pounds. Okay. So we got two for here. Definitely, definitely a little more concerning. Bill thought it was odd and he joked to Liz that he thought that they were jinked. He also reminded her that 666 was the number of the beast. And of another encounter they had as they were moving their furniture into their new home. They had almost been rear-ended by a black BMW with the plates reading BST666. Okay, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Just bad omens Yeah, there, that, that's... That, oh, you want to talk about foreshadowing? I mean, come <laughs> on. I mean, I'm in the camp now of, okay, this is, this is definitely strange. <laughs> Liz just kind of wrote it all off and responded to him. She was like, yeah, spooky, you know, almost like he was trying to freak her out. Uh, they decided to make the next big step in their lives that fall, and they got married in September of 1989. With a new baby on the way and a new home and a new life, it just made sense. Their new son, Ben, was born October 20th, 1989. Um, 
again, as with uh, the Andrews family, the new baby seems to kind of spark the experiences, seems to kind of ramp them up a little bit. Uh, the birth was a difficult one with Ben having to forego major surgery right after birth. He, of course, survived and thrived and was able to come home a little bit later. As I stated before, the new baby seems to set off whatever was laying dormant in the old farm home. The first thing they noticed were the footsteps. Bill was the first one to notice them. Not long after they brought Ben home, Bill had gotten up in the night to use the restroom. Uh... He was, wake, he was awakened by a hungry baby as well. As he went downstairs and was finishing up his business, he was startled to hear someone stomping across the upstairs four-way and down the stairwell. He jumped up immediately and went to Lawrence's room to see if he had been woken up by the baby, but Lawrence was fast asleep. When he returned to the bedroom to find Liz, she was in bed feeding Ben. He sat there waiting for Liz to ask him what the sound was, but she never did. He finally broke and asked her if she had heard the ruckus. She simply looked at him and whispered, What noises? And Ben was responded, The stomping. It had started at the landing right over the bathroom, and whatever it was had ran down the stairs. It was so loud I thought that the roof was going to cave in. Liz simply replied with, I didn't hear anything, Bill. Which you hear in these cases of demonic infestation that whatever's inside the house is trying to make people feel like they're going crazy. So you have Bill here hearing these footsteps and not and significant footsteps, something running and stomping down the stairs, whereas you have Liz who's right there where the footsteps are happening, not hearing a thing. That makes it way more strange, too. It would be even stranger if she was awake and she didn't hear anything. Because I don't like wrapping your brain around that is fucked. Yeah, because she, she is. She was awake. She was. Awake. Oh, she, she was awake. Yeah, she was feeding the baby. Oh fuck! So okay, so it is way more fucking weird. Yes. Because that, oh man, like imagine, like what that entails, like that that it has the ability to affect one person at a time. Um, yeah, almost like, like to drive a wedge of sanity in yeah, between everybody in the home. That's 100% what's going to happen because you're going to feel fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, man, like it, I don't I don't know why that's that's plaguing my brain so much. Like you obviously you want to say it's ultra nefarious, but I mean it's fucking demon, so Yeah. It, I mean to put it into perspective, it would be like you hearing the bean drop and Shauna not hearing. Yeah, the bean and then yeah, because you you're gonna, she's gonna think you're crazy. You're gonna feel crazy. Yep, and that's what the more you read in and look into these demonic the the infestation spot like the stage, it wants to get in there and it wants to drive these wedges. It wants to make yeah the people around you question what you see. It may it wants to make people around you question what they see, what they hear, what they feel, and it just wants to drive this this wedge of sanity into everybody in the home. Yeah, and if you, I hate that too about like the demonic shit because we've also heard it where it influences your health in in not even like it doesn't even have to be major ways. It could be you know, like raising your blood pressure and making making your life just overall harder and 
it's just so fucking crazy to me that there are these like subtle changes, but they're they're big in the long game. Yeah. And like you said, the it's a great way of putting that, like these these mental wedges. Yep. To break your sanity because it it does start to do that to a degree to people, especially if you're a rational thinker because you're 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 gonna sit there and be like, I mean, I know I know I heard it, but did I hear it? Did I see it? Like, not only does it it makes you question your partner, like how could you not have heard that? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like he said, it's like it was someone running down the stairs, but then it makes you in turn question yourself did like yeah did i like am i going crazy and then vice versa she's now gonna do the same thing yeah. to you like what the fuck is wrong with you are you that's drunk that's what it stood out to me when like her reply was so cold like i didn't hear a thing bill you right know? bill was quoted in saying it was like the shutters came down that night i never used to believe in ghosts these things ever i simply held an open mind it was possible that these things hadn't happened to me i was an agnostic I was an agnostic, but that night it was almost as if the good weather had inexplicably changed to bad weather, like a storm in the tropics. It was so quick. One minute from those footsteps, we were in darkness. It just happened as if someone was unveiling something. Liz went on to state, that night the present made itself known. The atmosphere changed immediately. There was a lot of fear then. I'd always been terrified of ghosts and things like that really terrified of them and the thought that i was living in the house with something like that terrified me even more and then i started to hear them uh, from that moment on it was like an oppressive veil had blanketed the house they noted that the entire farm just felt colder lawrence's attitude had also noticeably changed he was more distant more defiant again we can just write this off as teenage angst uh, the pressure of going through a divorce with his parents having a new stepmom, he's got a new half-baby brother, um, but the changes became more and more noticeable as they went on. Uh, the, day, the next day, the entity made itself known to Liz. Bill was out working in his studio, and Lawrence had went to town to hang out and run some errands just to kind of get out of the house. You know, he's being the typical teenager, just moody and wanted to get the hell out of there. Liz was hanging around the house with Ben when all of a sudden she heard a loud bang. Liz's mind immediately went to Lawrence returning home, as he and Bill had gotten into a little spat earlier in the day. This was confirmed, she thought, when she heard the second loud bang coming from the area of the home where Lawrence's bedroom was. She figured he was just still lashing out and slamming doors, as teenagers do. She decided to go and have a talk with him, but right before she got out of bed or got out of the rocker in her and Bill's bedroom, she heard her bedroom door slam shut. It was so hard it had rattled the pictures on the wall, except that their bedroom door was already shut. It was just the sound resonating of the door shutting, which is... But it had a physical reaction, reaction. as well. Yeah. Almost like almost as if it was something residual, but it almost couldn't be residual because the house is fairly new. The house is only 30 years old, almost right. 40 years old. So I thought that was a part I put in there because that's so weird that she was hearing the bangs through the house and she was she was getting up to confront Lawrence, which in theory, this thing is pitting them against one another again. Right, right, right. 
when it happens right there in front of her face and it makes her question what she had just experienced. Bill had returned to the house almost the exact same time the incident had occurred and ran up the stair to see why Liz was slamming the doors. As he entered the bedroom, she was still in the rocking chair just clutching the baby. At that point, he knew that it had to be the same occurrence that had happened the previous night to him when he heard the footsteps. They sat there and talked about what happened, trying to write it off as just an old house settling or maybe even having a friendly ghost. Bill had held an envelope in his hand that he had gotten in the mail on his way back into the house. It's easy to dismiss the sound of an old settling house. However, what's less easy to dismiss, it was their quarterly electricity bill. Bill was holding in his hand. He looked in disbelief at the bill that was 750 pounds for the quarter. Almost four times what it should be be $2,000 in today's U.S. or 2,000 pounds in today's money. This in itself completely overshadowed the odd sounds as they tried to figure out what could have caused this massive electricity bill. Your mind immediately goes to someone's tapping and stealing our shit. Oh, yeah, naturally. Something's not right. The next day, Bill contacted their electricity provider. He told them that there had been some sort of mistake. Someone was stealing their electricity or something. The woman cross-checked the figures and proceeded to tell Bill that the prices were correct and that it wasn't an estimate. An actual meter tech had been out there a few days prior and read the meter. Bill further explained that there was no way they could have used that much electricity. Their stove and central heating were oil-fired. They had a few appliances outside of their refrigerator, TV, and a few lamps. The energy provider did admit that it was an uncommonly high bill, and they would send a tech out to see if they could find anything that would cause such a big discrepancy. The following day, an electricity tech came out and tested the meter. It seemed to be running fine, but Bill wasn't buying it, so he insisted they read the meter after he unplugged all of the electrical appliances in the house. Sure enough, the meter kept ticking away even after all the electronics on the property were turned off. He insisted that the meter was faulty. They replaced it and put a new meter in. As soon as it was hooked up, it started to tick away again, even though none of the appliances had been turned back on. Uh, But as we all know, the bills don't stop coming, and the following month, Bill received another bill of over 500 pounds. neither the riches or the electricity company could explain what was going on with the property, but the odd phenomenon did not let up. So they went from a quarter that was 750 to a month that was almost 500. It was just sucking the electricity out of the house. Which is weird to say. They, They don't have any close neighbors, anyone that could be pulling the power. Right. It's almost like something was feeding off. That's so weird. Of the power from the house. But it would be amplifying it. You know, like it, I don't know, it would be, it'd be drawing it. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's another like really hard one to wrap your brain around. Yeah. Especially when everything was turned off. Yeah. And then, you know, shame on the power company. You guys are fucking assholes. Literally watch this guy unplug every single thing and the meter's still spinning. They're like, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hollow cult. The weather's getting nice. 
And you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. They're like, oh, I still got to get paid, you know. Somebody's using this electricity. Sure, it might be a fucking... It's ten thousand year old demon, but yeah, we don't use demon currency here. Yeah, we we got to get paid, son. Uh, that that just is shit. <laughs> That's shit. Typical. <laughs> That's no lie. Typical. The Fucking n- power companies. <laughs> got to pay for them demons, bro. Bro. The next thing to happen in the house were the phantom smells. One day, Bill was painting in the studio, and he decided to head into the kitchen to get a drink. The moment he crossed the threshold into the kitchen, he was overcome with the smell of sulfur in the air, so much so that he had to leave the kitchen. It was so pungent that it made his eyes water and caused him to gag and cough. He got a handkerchief to cover his mouth and nose and headed back into the kitchen to try and find the cause. He looked everywhere, checked the heater, the stove, dug through the cabinets, checked the floors, everywhere and he could not figure out where the smell was coming from. The farm wasn't on a sewer system, so he eliminated that. He regularly had their septic system checked, but called the technicians anyway to get them out there to look at it. As soon as he returned to the kitchen after making the call, the smell had completely vanished, not even a trace of it hanging in the air. The septic system was fine and accounted for, fine and accounted for, and they told Bill to call them if the smell returned. Later, a new smell had made its appearance. This time it was to Liz. Bill was reading in the living room one evening when Liz stepped in and asked, stepped in and said, Bill, there's another smell. Bill was worried that the sulfur was back because it was so pungent it had almost put him on the ground. He didn't want the baby around it. He didn't want Liz or Lawrence around it either. 
Liz took his hand and led him into the hallway. They sniffed the air and they got a sickly sweet smell of incense. He looked at Liz and she immediately said, I am not burning any incense. They went and checked the house, thought maybe Lawrence was doing it, but they could not sort out the the cause of the smell. Just as it had arrived, it had disappeared back into the night, which is also strange to me because you have the smell of sulfur, which a lot of time is um, attributed to demonic entities and such. But on the flip side of that, you have the smell of incense, which is also used in Catholic Mass right. and things of that nature. So I thought it's weird that you have almost both of these things happening at the same time, almost like maybe maybe you have the sulfur smell and it's also like mocking the church, having the incense I smell. I could definitely see shit. that. And it's odd to me that these it makes its appearance to Bill as this, and then it makes its appearance to Liz as this. Like to Bill, it was the stomping footsteps, but to Liz, it was the slamming doors, but to Bill, it was the smell of sulfur, but to yeah. Liz, it's the smell of incense. It's it's weird. It's uncomfortable to say the least. Like I would not be, I would not like to be in their shoes. No, that would. Oh man, but I'm also the type of person that if it gets that bad in my house, bro, I'm fucking gone. Yeah, I don't give a shit what it costs. I don't care. I'm out. I'm done. Fuck this. Yeah. No way. I'd had that. I'd had an occurrence, a strange occurrence happen to me once before. Um, I don't know if I talked about it on the show or not, but it was all happening at a very turbulent time in my life, uh, going through the divorce and everything. But I had woken up one time in the morning and I had gotten what I thought was a full night's sleep, but I was so, so tired. And I also smelled like sulfur. Like I, you could like, like how when you're like lighting fireworks off or some shit, you get the smell in your hair and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember smelling and I'm like, what in the fuck is going on, man? But it <clears throat> just reminded me of it. That's here. not, that's not a good thing. No, I mean, it's probably fine. Most, I mean, well, you're here, so that's probably fine. Um, and I don't see horns poking out <laughs> of your head or anything like that. No, like I said, if a demon were to possess me, they'd be like, Oh, god, his knees are fucked up, his back's fucked up, he works <laughs> a job he hates. I'm going back to hell. Yeah, <laughs> um, the smells would make appearances randomly throughout the next few weeks. They also felt the forbidding feeling of being watched constantly throughout the house and the farm as a whole. It didn't matter where they were. There was just a constant sense of dread and being observed. Bill even stated that he felt that whatever the entity was, was there to hurt him. More odd occurrences began happening. Their car batteries would drain mysteriously overnight, needing replaced or recharged daily. Extreme hot and cold spots would show up in the home with no source or explanation. One notable time, Liz had asked Bill to turn the heat up as a frost had hit hard that night. She recalled absolutely burning up in the kitchen and had asked Bill, can you go down and turn the heat down? Bill, being a guy, you know, he had other things he had to do. So he let her know that he had not even turned the heat on yet as he had forgotten because he was changing out the car's battery. 
When he entered the kitchen, he was hit with an almost unbearable heat. He immediately made his way to the heating unit, and it was not on. The boiler meter was on zero, and the radiator was cold. Dude, that would scare the shit out of me. That's especially... The fact that it's trying to cause so much dissonance between these two, the Bill and his wife. Yeah. You know, it's almost like pointing out things to make them like butt heads with one another. And that's and like overall, I'm not saying that's like a, a prevalent thing in relationships, but it makes you wonder sometimes whenever like you and your spouse stupidly fucking fight over something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like something that's behind it. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. No. I don't know. It just makes you wonder. But I would be utterly mind fucked if I walked into my kitchen and it felt like it was there was a fire inside the kitchen. Oh, yeah. <coughs> yeah, it'd be awful. Especially. Like you, you can almost put yourself in Bill's shoes when Liz is like, you know, can you go turn the heat down? Can you turn the heat down? I had to turn it up this morning and it is cooking in here. Yeah. And then you're thinking to yourself, you're like, fuck. I didn't even turn it on. I didn't even turn it on. Just so bizarre. Um, a bit later, Bill was out walking the dog and thinking about everything that was going on when he saw a neighbor leaning against his fence. Bill knew the man, but not very well. They traded hellos and began some small talk. Then the man asked Bill how things were going at the new home. Bill wasn't going to immediately spurt out all of the weird occurrences, but eventually they came up. Fully expecting the man to look at him like he was crazy, he was surprised when the man didn't flinch. Bill asked if he had heard about it happening before, hoping for some sort of confirmation but the man just turned off, or just turned and looked off toward their farm and said there's no good luck there bill asked what this meant but the man simply stated that the last family had not had the best of times while living there the conversation turned to the old homestead that was there before if any of it was used in the renovation bill said he wasn't sure but he had assumed as much and asked the man why he stated that a family up the way had used some of the old structure to do renovations on their home as well. They found gravestone mixed in with the old stone rubble that they were using to build the house. You don't know if any of those gravestones were used in the conversion of your place, do you? The man asked. Bill knew that they had used some of the ruins mentioned, but they hadn't seen any signs of the gravestones in the renovation. The old man simply said, but you can't be sure they didn't. And he smiled and he walked away. Well, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. That's, that's You're going to smile saying. at me and walk away. There's no good luck there. Well, and on top of that, like, bro, you I would be no fucking pissed that, because he's clearly alluding to knowing what is going on. Yes. And you're not going to tell me about it. You're an asshole. Yep. You're that's an asshole. That's what you are. You're an asshole. Like that's That's just a dick move. And it would make me, it would infuriate me. Yeah, at least give me to something. Knowing, yeah, it would, especially being so vague. He's like, "Well, the last family was didn't have a very good time there either." Yeah. Well, cool, because we're not. But once again, it would further cement me on being like, "Okay, and we are done. Time to go. I'm out." <laughs> um, the it just seems seems to keep piling up for this family. 
The stress of adjusting to his new home, new wife, and new baby, and his teenage son's own adjustment to all of these things were apparently taking its toll on Bill. He began to neglect his painting orders, and they were piling up. All of the inspirational energy Hell Fanog had had was long past, and had been replaced by this forbidding that just would not relent. Then the orders started getting canceled. The money they were relying on started drying up. Clients would cancel with no reason whatsoever, going from being excited to commission Bill's work to wanting nothing to do with him in a matter of weeks. Rich buyers in the United States were excited about his samples, promising to buy thousands of dollars worth of his work. They would mysteriously lose interest when Bill would call them to confirm their commissions, almost like they'd never seen his work before. Multiple samples were even lost en route to promising interested parties. It was almost as as his as if his business went non-existent. Which that is that spreads a whole plethora there of bad luck weirdness. Yeah, you know, even like to the point to where it was fucking getting lost in transit. Like that's some that's some power there. That's what I, that's what my brain keeps going back to is that whatever this is has to be one bad motherfucker. Yeah, because it's. It's pulling a lot of strings that you don't typically hear in one case. Yes. You you know, you hear them spread out over several, but all in one, man. And then once again, it brings you back to your own bullshit misfortune from time to time. You know? It, It does. It makes you wonder, like... Yeah. Some sort of trickster bullshit going on behind the scenes, you know? Right. I don't know. It's It's... It's definitely bizarre, man. Like it, I don't, there's so many different avenues your brain could run down, but the ability to manipulate so much of this family's life is ultra concerning. Yeah, and it's even more concerning to me when people don't pull the plug and get out of these situations. It does, and I mean that would almost play back into like the war it's waging on your mental health. You know, oh, because, absolutely. Because you're you're you've invested into this home already and you're wanting to wait it out. You're wanting to wait it out. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm being crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it starts attacking everything. It starts attacking your, you know, your your relationship life. Yeah. Now it's attacking your money. And it it's already fucking up like your home life with the heat not working, your electricity electricity bill being all all fucked up. But even using headstones in the in the foundation, how does that translate to such a raw demonic yeah. entity? You know what I mean? Like there has there had to have been something more going on yeah. in the in the vicinity. There had to have been. Yeah, you would think so. Because, like, it goes so far beyond just a normal haunting. Even even to the point to where it would be a poltergeist moving shit around. Like, the door slamming and the foot stomping, the smells could be poltergeist activity. It it moving to the point to where it's it's actively, like, affecting the shipments of Bill's paintings after they yeah. leave the home, you'd think a poltergeist is confined to a home. And then essentially it's it's not only doing that, but it's affecting people's perception of Bill's work. Yeah. Yeah. To where they don't even like they stated in the book, Mark said 
it was almost as if they'd never seen his work before. People who had commissioned him sought him out and called him and said, I want you to paint this landscape. Once it gets, once he calls and he's like, all right, just confirming, you know, I've already started working on this. They're like, working on what? Yeah, like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Which, I mean, that that has to take some serious juju. Has to, man. They They cited in the book that he was working with an agency in the United States that put on art galleries for big, big name buyers. The one that they suggested, and keep in mind, this is in the late 80s, was Sylvester Stallone, which is the one of the biggest action movie stars that was out in the late 80s. Right. right? Oh, yeah, for sure. He was supposed to go to this gallery that this agency was putting on with some of Bill's work. So Bill was expecting a fat-ass payday. The day before... The art gala was set up to drop. The agency files emergency bankrupt and cancels it. They completely jump ship, and Bill's work is caught up in their vault that they just abandoned. Oh, no. So he's in Wales trying to prove that he's the artist that painted these pictures that are now caught up in this whole big... Fucking rigmarole of who owns what and who's going to pay for this. And keep in uh, mind, this is in the 80s, so there's no internet. It's yeah. just a guy on the phone saying, yo, I'm Bill. I painted that. Right. So it went from being this like massive payday that they had counted on to being this just cluster of just bad. It goes beyond bad luck. Yeah, but the bad luck's about the best way to sum it up. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like you, it is, that is so hard to wrap your brain around. The, there's just so many aspects of his life that are being touched by this home and whatever the fuck's lurking in there. That, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, and it's just, it's also worth noting. Like you, you, you brought up a good point about like you've invested so much into this home. But it almost makes you feel like there's an aspect to these situations that somehow mentally submit you to the torture. Yeah. Like like prevent you from like logically going, oh, this is dumb. I'm moving my family to a hotel. I was just going to say that. Like I put my I try to put myself in Bill's shoes standing outside and reading about it. You're like. This is screwed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, This is some bad shit happening. Then I put myself in Bill's shoes, and I'm like, what would be my breaking point? Yeah. What would be my cutoff to where I would throw in the towel and be like, you know what? You can have this fucking place. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what it would be. I don't either, because now that you sit and you think about what we've heard so far, you have heard footsteps at least once. Yep. We don't know if it's a continual thing. So we're just going to pretend that it's once. Door slamming once. And then weird smells and then some weird heat and electricity. But you can't, in my opinion, you can't put the electricity in there yet. Logically. Yeah. Right? Because that could just be a fluke with the house. Yeah. Right? And then your artwork misfortune. You can't, logically, you're probably not going to put that in there yet either. You're going to just be like, fuck, why is my life being turned upside down. Yep. So I don't know personally. I know personally I would be fucking scared 
with the the instances that they've had. But it's a good question. Is that my breaking point yet? Yep. It makes you that's that's where I'm at. Like what what would be my breaking point? Because we've had weird shit happen here. You've had weird right. shit happen at your house. Right. Which I mean, when we write it down on paper, somebody that hasn't had any weird shit happen could read it and be like, "Oh, yeah, know, fuck that. That's pretty weird." But he goes into he makes a statement here that's kind of kind of part of the course. <laughs> he said, "Whatever this entity was, it was going after every aspect of our livelihood, making us question our sanity." It was almost as if the bad luck had some sort of sentience to it. That's gross. Yes. That's gross. He said, let's not. And do so that. like that with that with that in mind, is that post experience when he makes this comment? Yes. He's okay. talking about this afterwards. Right. Because I would assume logically, if your brain was at that point. Where you're like, okay, not only have I had all these experiences, but I know this thing is going after my business. I know this thing is responsible for the electricity. I know this thing is responsible for everything. Then, yes, logically, I'm going to go, fuck this place. Yeah, I'm moving out. I'm taking my family because my family is priority number one. I could have all the pride in the world and want to not leave that house. But when I when when my wife and children are involved, I'm outie five thousand baby. Mm-hmm. See ya. He goes on to state that if something bad could happen, it would. The battle with the electric company continued. Bill refused to pay these high bills. Claims stacked up with no resolution. Then it took it a step further. It went after their livestock and their pets as we also saw in the Andrews family. In a matter of a few weeks, every animal that they had was affected. Their pet Lulu gave birth to two kids, and one of them was crushed almost at birth. Uh, The family's pet pig began acting oddly, running around, being increasingly aggressive, and had to be put down. The dog Bill had bought for Lawrence after the divorce just disappeared. Lawrence's pet guinea pig was found dead in his cage. Their cat had also begun becoming aggressive, had to be sent to Liz's mother ho- mother's house because she didn't want to have to put the cat down too after they put the, the pig down. Bro, my mind would be running circles dealing with all that shit. My mind would, oh my, I, w- I, don't, I don't know, man. I still don't know if it's 100% enough for me to move out at this point. And but it's still like my brain would be on fire. Yeah. And Bill has stated that he doesn't believe in this stuff. So that's gonna put him even further that's back. That's true. On wanting to bounce. That's you know true. What I mean, like yep. you know, he's constantly double questioning himself in his head. Like this yep. this can't be it. Yep. You know, and with the with the animals and stuff, you could dude, you could logically work your way around so much of that. Yeah. You know, is there something in the food? Is there something in the water? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. Uh, the strangeness would continue. One morning when Bill and Liz were sitting downstairs drinking coffee, they heard the sound of a piano in Bill's studio, each note carefully precise. Bill looked down at Liz and watched her face go absolutely pale with fear. They both went up to the studio to investigate, following the notes as they approached the door. 
When they opened the door, the notes stopped immediately and the room was empty. That would, that's some grade A haunted house terrifying shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, at that point there, not a hundred percent. Um, like it's not ultra terrible, but for me, that would be a locking moment of going, okay, something's fucked. Something's fucked. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause bro, you open the door and it just immediately goes dead silent. Like, come on. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps just sitting here thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, this is where it starts to get more physical, I guess. And it would lead to the first blessing semi exorcism of the house. Um, and it has to do with Bill's teenage son from his first marriage. He begins Lawrence. He begins to lash out more and more. He would completely ignore any interaction with his parents he would confine himself into his room anytime he wasn't at school, even eating his meals meals there. One day he had went out and went to the local hardware store and came back, and he was busy in his room for hours. They didn't see him. When Bill went up to take him his food, he had painted his entire room from floor to ceiling in dark red. Bill even noted that that Lawrence's features began to change. His eyes were sunk in, as well as his cheeks. His complexion had dulled and almost looked like it had a gray hue to it. He would lash out in a series of profanity toward Bill and Bill's mother, who had come to stay to try to help lull all of the dissonance between Lawrence and Bill and Liz. And it culminated one night when he had buried himself in his bedroom and throughout the night there were loud wails and cries and super loud bangs and thuds coming from the room ending in just quiet sobbing bill tried to get into the room but realized it was locked he considered breaking down the door but he worried that it'd only make things worse between him and lawrence the next morning after lawrence went to school they decided to investigate and saw massive holes punched into the walls and ceiling, revealing some of the original rock structure used to build the home. They were also smeared with blood from Lawrence's knuckles. Um, not knowing what to do or where to turn, Liz decided to contact a local priest for a blessing of the home. Days leading up to the blessing were rough. The footsteps intensified. The smells, the smells were prevalent throughout the home but as soon as the priest arrived everything had stopped just like nothing was there at all he went to the room and blessed and cleansed the home with holy water granted lawrence stayed locked in his own room during the duration of the priest's stay but afterward it appeared as if the dark presence in the house was lifted it seemed like the blessing had worked as none of the activity had returned for a few days but it was short-lived because it's about to get much worse. Fuck, dude. That scares me so much. Like, you were talking about the sun, and I already had something in my head prior to that, and then you, you told the story about the sun, and it just kind of, like, hit on what I was thinking. But 
that's where it gets super dangerous is when that type of manipulation starts to take place like with the son and his his behavior because you don't know the avenue to go down at that point like is your son just acting out is there something nefarious influencing your son I would assume that 99.9% of parents would assume that their child is is just acting out. There's, there's some type of issue, you know, whether it's at school or it's this or it's that. or. But fuck, dude, like the thought of that taking place. And I, I tell you right now as a father, I heard that shit in my son's room without question that door's getting kicked yeah. off the fucking hinges. That's what I said, too. 100%. I said, I know Lawrence is going through some shit, but he's about to get over the fact that I'm coming through this door. Hell yeah, without <laughs> question, dude. Without question. And what is up with homie getting fucking plastic surgery going through different looks? That's, That's terrifying. I'm saying. It's almost like, because you hear this from Bill and Liz's perspective. Like, you don't know what this thing is doing to Lawrence. Yeah. Apparently... It's much worse on that poor kid. It's, it's almost like it's him, feeding off the stress that he's been going through, going through the divorce, having a new mom, having a new baby yeah. brother, you know? It's almost like it's just getting into him and just just destroying this poor kid. Like, it makes it sound like it's turning him into something. Yeah. You know, with his skin tone changing and yeah. his eyes and cheeks sinking in. And you could write off, like, the angstiness and wanting to be alone and eating your meals in your room is just... just being a teenager going through some shit but when you punch through a wall and a ceiling into the rock structure of the original house like that's gonna be something different well yeah and you're blowing you start blowing your knuckles apart to the point to where you just cry yourself to sleep yeah like you're gonna have to have a sit down bro like i said (laughs) doors getting kicked off the hinges dad's coming in there and worst case scenario we're gonna have a yelling match. <laughs> yeah. It's a bare minimum, man. But, and then how, how do you not go in there when you hear your kid crying themselves asleep after all that? Oh, dude, that's what I'm saying. Especially after you heard all that. You don't know. Like, my first reaction would be, oh, shit, like something fell on him or some shit. You're right, know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe the that, half, that part of the house collapsed, you know? I don't fucking know. But I also thought it was weird that... It's almost trying to make them look crazy again because everything toned up to eleven the days, the few days before oh, yeah. the priest, the priest got there. Yeah. As soon as he walks in, everything goes. Which think about that the the sentience behind that. It's it knows that a priest is coming, and it's like, watch this, watch yeah. what I can do. And it's I'm gonna be good for a couple of days. And everything rains. And then the smells, the footsteps. Then, Imagine, oh, gross! Imagine the 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 mental torture behind that. So it ramps up, ramps up, ramps up, and then the priest comes, does his blessing, and then it stops. And you go, oh shit, we beat it. We and don't then, need to leave now. <laughs> and then it goes, watch this! I'm about to swanton bomb the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, bro, yeah. like that because that sucks. That gives you treasure. You know, it gives you your reward mentally. You're like, yes, finally back to being normal. Uh, because then, you, you, oh, you can live it. You can see it. 
Homie's like, all right, now my painting's about to take back off. Yep. We're going to get our bills straight. Uh, we're going to start being a great family again. And then it just comes in with the nastiest elbow drop ever <laughs> and just fucks your life. The worst, like, it would be awful because you'd have so much negative pressure, like, lifted off of you. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. The priest came in and made everything right. You're like, oh, cool. And then the entities start showing up, which sucks. Dude. Sucks. Dude. So, we're going to cut her there. And you're going to have to tune in next week for part two. I don't know how many, uh, how much of a parter this is going to be because it, this is just the beginning of the downward spiral. This poor family. That sucks. And, uh, yeah. It's uh, pretty bad. So, yeah. Be sure to check us out next week for episode two of the Hellfire Farm. And until we meet again, check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Be sure to share the show. Throw the Hollow Sky name out there. Get people to join the Hollow Cult. Stay safe. Stay weird. And if you've got a bunch of crazy shit going on in your house... Maybe it's time to just pack it up. <laughs>